You are listening to the Hope Church Weekly Message Podcast. Hope Church is located in Cleaver, Texas and meets on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Pastor Todd and the preaching team desire for this message to bring life in a dark world. For more information about Hope Church, visit HopeChurchCleaver.com. So, this week we're back in the untouchables. So, when you're studying for message, God's hit you kind of right out of left field. Okay, I was studying and I was like, what, what? How can I make this message land home about him? And it just, it just hit me. I was listening to an audio book, okay? So I'm going to bring up a picture. This is, um, does anybody know who this is? Shh, don't. Anybody know who this is? I put it on Facebook. Water Von Braun. Thank you. Thank you, person that knew who it was. Um, it's Werner Von Braun. Now, what you know him as is many of you know him as the rocket man. He's the guy that helped us get to the moon. In fact, without him, you have no Saturn V rocket. Without him, we do not beat the Russians to the moon, okay? He is the man. But what you don't know about him, or you might, and if you're smart, you probably already knew, do you know where we found him? We found him in Nazi Germany. In fact, he helped the Germans. He built rockets for the Germans. In fact, one of the missile launches on London, he built all the rockets. In fact, when we came in and, and took over the Nazi Reich and we were making everybody go to Nuremberg for the trials, they gave him an ultimatum. You either go to trial or you come work for us and build rockets. So what would you choose? Go work for us and build rockets, right? And get paid to do it. Quite well, might I add. And so, guys, what I'm saying to you is history, remember, is him as the rocket man. We don't necessarily remember him as Nazi, perpetuating many Jewish people being killed. What we remember is who he was. So what I'm saying to you guys today is God does the same thing with us. We tend to remember who we were, but God wants everybody to, to see who we are, which he has called us to be not a Nazi. He's called us to be a rocket man that takes the United States to the moon. And so today we're back with our friend Zacchaeus. So if you have your Bibles, go to Luke chapter 19. Um, we are... Almost done. We got one more week of Zacchaeus, and then we'll be done with him. But I love Zacchaeus. He's a wee little man. Uh, maybe because I see eye to eye with him, okay? <laughs> I'm 5'8", okay? I'm short. Deal with it. So, so I think we're at the end of it. Uh, look, Lord, yeah, I, think, I don't think we can sing the song anymore. So he said, <laughs> so Luke chapter 19, verse 7, all the people saw this and began to mutter. Because what is he doing? He's going to his house today. Remember Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man was he? He climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. And he said, Zacchaeus, you come down for go to your house today, for go to your house today. Okay. So he's going to his house today. Today. Okay. Not tomorrow. Today. And so all the people saw this and began to mutter. He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord. Here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody, I pay back four times the amount. So guys, what I'm saying to you 
is our God is the great redeemer. He takes a man, you see everybody says, this is scum of the earth. And even in the midst of everyone saying, he's the scum of the earth, what does he do? Jesus redeems him. And he says, half of my possessions I give to the poor. And if I cheated anyone, I'll pay them back, not what I owe them, four times what I owe them. That's how Jesus does stuff. How many of you would sign up, you don't have to raise your hand, to give half of what you have to the poor? Half, half of your earnings. I don't think any of us would be lining up for that. But this, a rich man, Jesus has redeemed. So today, what I'm, the title of my message is just simply, he is the great redeemer. He is the great redeemer. Because not only does he redeem people, he redeems resources. People always ask me, pastor, if, if somebody wins the lottery and gives it to the church, would you, would you use it? And I said, yeah, why would I not use it? Uh, because just because, just because they gambled to get the lottery, that doesn't mean that Jesus can't redeem the money. That's the passage I'm talking about. Okay. So he is the great redeemer. Number one, he redeems people. He redeems people. John 3, 16. And don't forget, probably the better verse, 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Second part, this is the best part. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but save the world through him. Zacchaeus was despised. He was the lowest of the low in the community. But Jesus took him and said, you know what? I see value in you. I think sometimes we forget that we are called to love on people because people need to feel valued. You know, we talk about the, the nursing home ministry. The, those people just love that we're there because they feel valued. Because Satan is spending all of his time and all of his energy telling these people in this world how much value they don't have. But God wants you to see, hey, this is the value that I have. And so what I'm saying is, is these people, you saw in, in the verse, he said, why is he going to the house of a sinner? These people had already said, you know what? He's not worthy to be redeemed. I'm challenging you guys today to think this. Is there people out there that you don't think are worthy to be redeemed? Because if, if you look at Christendom, and if you look at some of our Facebook posts, it would suggest that we think that there are people out there that are such sinners that they're beyond the reach of God. But guys, I'm here to tell you what the writer of this passage is trying to tell you. The reason he chose a tax collector is because he was the worst of the worst. Think in our culture, the worst of the worst that could not be saved. And that's who this is in this culture. And not only did Jesus save him, he saved him and redeemed his actions. So guys, even when Satan tells you you're not worthy, Jesus shows you your worth. Because God is not concerned with your past. God is only concerned with who you can be in the future. 
God doesn't see the past you. He sees the, the future you. Guys, do you understand that, that the God that we serve is not con, c- confined to the bounds of our time? You know, we, we think linearly. You know, tomorrow has to be tomorrow. Yesterday was today. But God transcends time. He's in your tomorrow before you're even there. He's in your past, redeeming your past before you were even, even when you think about it. I know. This is what I sit in my office and think about. But what I'm saying to you is God sees and knows what you're going to be. So stop allowing Satan to beat you up and show you who you were. Because God's not concerned with that person anymore. God's concerned with the person that you can be. And so what my quote for today is God can take our greatest mistakes and make them our greatest triumphs. God can take our greatest mistakes and turn them into our greatest triumphs. The one thing that I've seen as a pastor is God uses the greatest hurts you have ever known and uses them for his glory. Because when you testify the goodness of God, it changes people's hearts. And if you don't believe me, guys, the stories that I stand up here and tell you, they're not comfortable. It's not comfortable to sit here some of the deepest, darkest days of my life. But I do that because I know that God can use it to redeem you. So number two, not only does he redeem people, he redeems resources. First Timothy 9 1 Timothy 6, 9 through 10 says, those who want to get rich fall into temptation and traps into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Zacchaeus had a poor reputation because he took money from people. Guys, if you want to be, if you want to make people angry, mess with their money. That's the number one argument that I find with people. It usually centers around money. And if people, if family members aren't talking to each other, it usually has something to do with what? Money. Because the Bible says, the Bible doesn't say, we always say, well, money's evil. No, 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 no. What did the Bible say? It said the love of money. When we elevate money to a level where God should be in our lives, that's when we have a problem. Because if our money motivates us instead of God motivating us, then we're walking on terms of what? Idolatry. Okay? Just because, just because our money's not a golden calf doesn't mean it's not an idol that we run after. And so... What I want you to understand is we have to, we have to be willing for God to put our resources to work. I firmly believe there's people in, in, that I've run to in my life. I've run into some filthy rich people in my life. And I firmly believe that some of these people are filthy rich because God knew that they would resource his kingdom. God knew that he could trust them with this kind of money to resource his kingdom. And so, guys, I I think some people, God doesn't give a whole lot of money because he knows we can't handle it. We can barely handle the money we got without letting it get out of control and let it run us. But what you see with Zacchaeus is not only 
did God make him turn away from taking money to people, but he went to giving fourfold back to people and resourcing his kingdom. And so money is not evil. We make it evil because we elevate it above what God calls us to do. Guys, the reason God gives us money is twofold. The first reason, don't get mad at me. Okay, you ready? You're gonna get mad at me. The first reason God gives you money is to fund his kingdom. That's why he says, give me 10%. The rest of the 90% is for you to take care of. God gives you that first 10%. Why? So you can fund his kingdom. You get the opportunity to be a part of funding his kingdom because he wants you to feel a part of his church. It's for you. It's not for him. It's for you so that you know that this comes from him. That's why he asked for your first fruits, that you understand that it comes from him. If it comes from him, what do we, what do we understand? If it comes from him, then we're grateful for it. If it comes from us, then we're mad at ourselves when, he takes it, when it's taken away. The rest of the 90% is for us. But what I'm saying to you is, God, all the resources that we need, you know, we talk about we're at three services. We need to build a bigger sanctuary. We need to, all that kind of stuff. Here's the thing. Every resource that we need, if we need a better guitar player, if we need a, a better person making coffee, if we need more people in the children, everything that we need can be found in where? In the harvest. Everything that we need can be found in the harvest. Unfortunately, sometimes the church, we just go, well, we'll go steal them from another church. No, go get them saved and get them into this church. Guys, I, I have the opportunity this week. I, I start teaching a, uh, a class at a college to church planters. And one of the things that I don't think church planters get, they're like, man, I need a worship band. I don't know where to go. Okay, well, they've got, they've got bands playing at the bar every Saturday and Friday night. Go get them saved, and there's your worship team. And they're like, what? I'm like, they're musicians. God can redeem them and make them musicians for you. I mean, come on. They're like, what if they say bad words? Well, just as long as it's not in the microphone, you're good, right? <laughs> I mean, our worship team says bad words from time to time, just as long as they're not in the microphone, right? No, you guys don't. You're great people. Um, Yeah, what, what, yeah, hey, talking to me, okay? Yeah, man. And so what I'm saying to you is this, everything that we need, everything in this church can be found in the harvest. Number three, and this is kind of where I want to land the plane today. He redeems reputations. He redeems reputations. Zacchaeus was known as a hated man. And I guarantee you, once he started giving everybody fourfold back what he stole from them, don't you think he was a cool dude from then on out? If somebody came back to you and go, hey, I took this money from you, I took $100 from you, but here's $400, and you're like, yeah, you're my best friend now, right? Okay, come on. <laughs> you get it. Galatians 2, 20. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The, now, the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside uh, the grace of God, 
for its righteousness could be gained through the law. Christ died. If I do that, Christ died for nothing. Guys, when we make church all about rules, then Christ died for nothing. Church is not about a set of rules. It's about a relationship with him. And guys, like I talked about, Werner von Braun, he's known throughout history as the rocket man. You know, every time I say that, I want to sing this song, rocket man. I don't know the words. It's fine. Um, I'm sure someone will text them to me before the next service. (laughs) And so as God redeemed von Braun, don't you think God can redeem you? Guys, I, I, I say it over and over and over because it just baffles me. The Bible that talks about the man after God's own heart, who was that? David. He was the guy that cheated on his wife. And when he got caught, killed somebody to cover it up. But he's the man after God's own heart. So what I'm saying to you is, even if you're a lying, cheating murderer, adulteress, God still loves you. I hope you're not a murderer. And even if you are, don't tell me because then I have to actually report it to the police. Just keep that to yourself. But even murderers, we, we think, we see murderers. We, we watch these, you know, I know all you people, you love your Netflix uh, serial killer documentaries. <laughs> That gets the excited. Yeah, serial killers. Woohoo! <laughs> you know, we look at the Ted Bundys and we say, man, God can't save him. But what this verse is telling us is even God can save him. Guys, the blood of Jesus was shed for all, not just the people that we like. <whistles> Somebody tweet that. The blood of Jesus was shed for all, not just the people that we like, not just for the Democrats, not just for the Republicans. All, everybody. And so what I want you to understand is God is in the business of turning our big screw-ups into mighty forces for God. God is in the business of turning the biggest mess-ups we've ever known into mighty forces for God. So stop being reminded of your past because your past doesn't matter anymore. I don't care about who you were. I only care about who God has called you to be. Because some of the greatest people with the deepest hurts have been used as forces of God. Guys, you can see with with many of our staff, myself, everybody, I don't put the people up here. The elders don't put pastors up here because we were prim, proper, perfect people. No, many of our staff have past hurts that are, are deep. You're going to hear about some of them over the next few weeks in some of the series that we've had. But here's the thing. If God can use them and their deepest hurts, what's stopping you? What's stopping you? You know, a lot of people tell me, Pastor, you know, I can't, I can't go to church. When I walk through the doors, the church is going to burn down. You're not that, you're not that powerful. Let me, trust, let me just let you know that, okay? You're not that powerful. Okay, your sin is not that great. But here's what we got to tell the world. You don't have to have it all figured out before you walk through these doors. Where you get it all figured out is when you walk in these doors. That's where you figure it all out. 
So if we have people that walk in here, maybe they're not wearing the right clothes. We have people, maybe they don't sit or stand up in the right times. What we do is we love them. We care about them. We show them Jesus. Why? Because God first loved you. You didn't deserve it either. So what does this mean for us? What does this mean for everybody in their lives today? Number one, do you need to lay down your past? Do you need to lay down your past? Guys, the number one thing that I run into with people that are struggling with their calling, that are struggling to do what God has called them to do, all they talk about is what they used to be. Satan just sits there and goes over and over and over. Well, you know, if you, if you played in a bar band, you can't be a pastor. That was me. I played in bar bands, closed down bars, playing in bars. That's, that's not pastor material. You know, I struggled in school. I barely made it out of high school. I, I graduated in the, the Burleson High School, don't judge me, minimum plan. Okay, I meant don't judge me on the Burleson High School part. I don't care if you judge me on the minimum plan part. (laughs) Because they told me when I graduated with that minimum plan, they told me don't bother go to college because nobody's going to take you. This week, I'm going to teach at the college that I couldn't go to from the get go. I don't want you to clap for me. I want you to clap for God because God does those kind of things. That's the things God does. When you get your purpose, when you get your calling, God can take you from the things that man told you you couldn't do and show you the mighty things that he has for you. That was somebody. It's not in the notes. I get preaching today. I don't know. Maybe it's the coffee. Mm. Jet fuels, what they're called. Number two, do you need to stop making excuses as to why God cannot use you? Do you need to stop making excuses? Because guys, I, can I just be honest with you? One of the things I hate about pastoring is hearing so many excuses. If I had a dollar for every time, pastor, I'll see you at church on Sunday, and they weren't here, I'd be a millionaire many times over. And then the excuses of, oh, well, pastor, you know, I'd love to serve the church, but you know, I just like to sit in the service. Man, I'd love to sit in the service one day. That'd be fun. I actually have to pay to go to conferences so I can sit in services. (laughs) That's that's what I have to do. So so it's funny. People are telling me that's their excuse when I'm like, well, I don't ever get to sit in a service ever. I mean, I do, I get to occasionally... When, when our staff speaks and I don't have to play in the worship team, but I'm still pastor. God's not concerned with our comfort. In fact, if you're comfortable, you're right where Satan wants you. Because here's the thing. Each and every one of you are talented. Each and every one of you are amazing. Each and every one of you, God has called you and given you talents that are awesome. And we need you. Everybody. There's no exceptions for any reason. Everybody. God has called us all to be mighty forces for him. Number three, as the band comes back, or whoever's coming back. 
I don't know who's coming back today. It's, it's different. <laughs> Just somebody come back. I don't care who. <laughs> Do you need to give your heart to him today? Now, there's two things that I want to get after today. Because number one, I, I think there's people out there today that know Jesus, but, but are still allowing their past to dictate them. Guys, I'm, I'm here to tell you today, if God has called you, he has the power to redeem any past mess you have. In fact, sometimes, sometimes I hear the stories of, of the drug addicts. I hear the stories that God's pulled out of prostitution and, and I'm like, man, I wish I could be that cool. Because God is now using them as mighty forces for him. Two, I know there's people out there today that, that have never begun a relationship with God. Guys, let me set you free from this, okay? A lot of people I talk to say, well, I'm just, I don't know that I'm ready to accept Jesus. Guys, this is a process. All you got to do is take step one and then you figure the rest out as we go. We're here to do this together. You know, if you accept Jesus and just say, Lord, I'm going to give you the rest of my life. That's our job. That's where we come in. That's where we teach you how to do the rest. So don't take that all on yourself. And so those of you today that are in this place, some of you also you need God to heal your heart a little bit. And what I'm saying to you is this. Maybe, just maybe, you need God to tell you it's okay to love on those people. It's okay to forgive those people. It's okay to let it go because you know what? You didn't deserve it either. So in just a minute, we're going to have our prayer team. In fact, prayer team, would you go ahead and get in place pretty, please? Here's my, my ask for you today. It's twofold. Number one, maybe you need to let your past go down today. Maybe you need to quit allowing Satan to tell you who you were and to start allowing God to show you who he wants you to be. Or maybe you're sitting there today and you say, you know what, Pastor? I've never truly given my heart over to Jesus because I just haven't feel like I'm ready. Guys, quit waiting. Today is the day. So, Alan, let's bring the lights down. Everybody bow your head, close your eyes, wherever you are. I'm about to lead us through a prayer. And if today is the day that you need to give your heart over to Jesus, I want you to repeat after me. And I truly believe that if you repeat after me and you believe it in your heart, I believe you, I believe right at this moment, God casts everything you've done. He casts it as far as the east is from the west. So if you need God to step into your life today and be the Lord of your life, if you need to truly give your heart over to Jesus, maybe you've been waiting for years to do this. I want you to just repeat after me. Just say it to yourself. You don't have to say it where anyone else can hear you. It's just you and God. Let's pray. Jesus, I need you to be my savior today. 
forgive me of all my past sins and come into my life today. I give you my heart. I give you my life. Use it for your purposes. And set me free from my past. And show me my future. In Jesus' name.